In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Anthony today. Today we're going to look at the conversion of St. Paul in two places, from the Acts of the Apostles and from the Letter to the Galatians. Let me begin reading. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any that belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Why was Saul so against Christianity? I'll tell you why. Because the Christians were calling Jesus the Messiah. And the Bible says, cursed is the man who dies on a cross. So Paul says he can't be the Messiah. He's a curse. But later on, Paul says he became a curse so that we might become the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let me continue. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I thank you, God, for Stephen's witness who forgave him. Why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with Saul stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. He was blinded by the glory of God. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and he neither ate nor drank. Now let's see what Saul says about himself in the letter to the Galatians. The letter to the Galatians, first chapter, 11th verse. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin. I did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You have heard, no doubt, of my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age, for I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me. This is a prophetic call, called before he was born from the beginning of the world. 
I did not confer with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me, but I went away at once into Arabia and afterwards I returned to Damascus. Then after three years I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Peter, Cephas, and stayed with him fifteen days, but I did not see any other apostle except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing unto you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard it said, the one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. I tell you, they glorified God because of Saul, who became Paul. Oh, he knew that there was a curse of a man dying on a tree. And he said he became a curse so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, in him. Saul had a revelation on the road to Damascus. No one taught him about Jesus, not one person. He had a revelation of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, if you have experienced the born-again experience, you have had a revelation of Jesus. If you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have a revelation of Jesus. Nobody can tell us who Jesus is but the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings the power of God through us in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's only through the Holy Spirit that we know Jesus. He's already written on your heart. God wants to take us all in our own way from Saul to Paul. You know, we all have these little interior conversions. We have these things that we need to give over to God as we come into God's light because God is light and in him there's no darkness. You know, Paul got hit by the light of God. In one instant, we can experience and we can know the kingdom of God. It's through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, through the baptism of fire. You know, Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire consumes everything it touches. The, the light of God just enlightens. It enlightens and emboldens every cell in our body. When that light of Christ went through Saul, the DNA of heaven flew through him. And he, and he started to become Paul. He could have read the scriptures forever, but without the Holy Spirit, Christ is not revealed. Pray to the Holy Spirit daily. You know, we can know in our minds about Jesus, but we need to know in our hearts. And what connects the longest distance between our mind and our heart is only the Holy Spirit. But once we encounter the living God, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're emboldened to change our lives. We're emboldened to preach the gospel. We see that Saul right here, he literally became Paul. He became a new person. 
as we are new people, as we are born again in Jesus Christ. The born again experience is so powerful and it brings even more power to the sacraments. It brings even more power to the mass of the Eucharist because that revelatory light gives us understanding of the fullness of what Jesus gave us, not only salvation, but he gave us his church here on earth. He gave us the sacraments. He gave us the Eucharist in which he comes in the form, fully Jesus in the form of bread. And he transubstantiates so that we can eat him, so that we can receive him. Many of those apostles, as we read, they left Jesus. That teaching was too hard for them. It was too hard to understand that you must eat my flesh and drink my blood or you will have no life in you. Referring to the Eucharist and to the Mass. And you know, I never had a true understanding of this till I got that light of Christ, that baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Father Tom prayed for me, I had all the head knowledge you could have, but in one second, that revelatory light came into my life. And I I had my Saul to Paul moment. You know, I went from living in the kingdom of darkness in the kingdom of light, and it just comes as God illuminates us. So we all want to pray that we just get hit by the light of God, hit by the light of God day by day, as Saul did, because it's accessible to all of us. If you're hearing today's reading, God already knew you would be listening today. He knew that Father Tom would be reading this because he has this experience for you, for you, and it comes just through an open heart, and it comes through a willingness and a desire to receive the more, to receive, as Father Tom says, the hot fudge Sunday knowledge of Jesus. Yes, the hot fudge Sunday knowledge of Jesus, that I taste and see that the Lord is good. Not think and wonder. Taste and see. Let me continue. Ananias goes to Saul and says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the experience of Paul. What was that light? It was the Shekinah glory. It was the Shekinah glory that flooded St. Paul. How we need the Shekinah glory. It was seen on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Shekinah glory was on Jesus, was on Moses, was on Elijah. How we need the Shekinah glory to overshadow us and take away all the shadows so that we would live in the light. The scripture says for several days he was with his disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, is not this man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked his name? And has he not come here 
for the purpose of bringing them around before the chief priests. Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. We need preachers today. We need preachers today, not six-minute preachers. We can't live with six-minute preachers. We need preachers that will preach the full gospel of the Lord. We need people that preach Jesus and Him crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. We need people that will do that. There are so few people that are preachers. We need them. And if we don't get them in the Catholic Church, God will get them someplace else. You see, God is not... God is not... What's the word I want to make? He is not just for the Catholic Church. We are first that he comes to. But if we say no, he goes someplace else. That's just the way it is. You say, but that's against my theology. Well, it's true anyway. He first comes to us, the church that he founded. And if we don't move in the spirit, he goes someplace else. I told you about apostolic succession and apostolic success. We need to have both. I am a priest by the grace of God because I have had apostolic succession down to the apostles who laid hands upon me, up to the bishop who laid hands upon me, apostolic succession. But we need apostolic success that the Lord would give, give to us uh, an anointing to tell people of Jesus that they would give their life to Jesus, that they would give their sins to Jesus. I remember one of the saints on Christmas Eve, he was by the manger and said, Lord, what can I give you for Christmas? And the Lord said to him, My friend, I want your sins. I want your sins. I tell you, he gave Jesus his sins. How we need to give Jesus our sins. How we need to proclaim him among the people. No matter what people say, people are against the name of Jesus. I can tell people my higher power is the light bulb. And they would say, oh, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? But if I say my higher power is Jesus Christ, who died, was buried, and rose, they would say, you're a Jesus freak. Just yesterday we were watching basketball, and all the people were roaring for the Celtics. They were roaring for the Celtics. We don't roar for Jesus. He gives us new life. He gives us salvation. He gives us healing. We're not roaring for Jesus. We just say, well, you know, we don't want people to think, oh, we've gone too far. I remember my uncle saying to me, oh, it's good that you go to faith and good that you have faith, but don't get on it too much. I wanted too much. I needed too much. I remember that, and you know, he died. And I believe he's with the Lord. And now he knows there's never too much, unless you're scrupulous. I'm not talking about scruples. I'm talking about the truth. 
that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ died for us, that Jesus Christ was buried for us, and that Jesus the Lord rose from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Thank you, Jesus. It is finished. It's done. You sent down your spirit. You've opened up heaven. You've gave us your church. You've given us your words. You know, you've given us the gospel, the rosary. You've given us all of heaven, Lord. We have, you have so much for you. And really, what we, and we really just need to get out of the way because we only have ourselves against us. You know, blessed are those who are persecuted for the name of Jesus. It means you have the spirit of glory upon you. In your life, Jesus only gives you what you can handle. In your life, everything that happens to you is for the good. Jesus uses it, everything, to draw you to him. You know, he knows when you're going to be born. He knows when he's going to take you. Every good deed you're ever going to do was already written in a book in heaven for you. And it's just, are we going to surrender to him? Are we going to surrender to him? Are we going to pray that, Lord, we want to be hungry for you? You know, the things of this world, are they're good. They're beautiful. We watch the game. We watch a basketball game. We go, you know, we go outside. We play and stuff. But these are all good when they're just ordered in God. You want to see the glory of God in everything. You know, you look at a stadium. God gave us the intellect to build it. God, God's given us the intellect to create the sports, even the passion. It's okay. We can have passion for things, but we need to have passion for God first. We need to love God above everything. We need to love Jesus above our children. We need to love Jesus above our sports team, above our husbands, above our wives. You know, these are all great things that God gave us in their order. God gave us family. God, But first we're called to that one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. And until we live, until you live that one-on-one -on -one experience of Jesus, it's very hard to be in this world because we our eyes get diverted and we see we we start to see the evil and the wrong but the true goal is to see Jesus in everything to love Jesus in everything you know the devil's his tactic his only tactic is anything but God I want to get you to focus on anything but God, anything but the goodness of God. Today in Boston, it's so beautiful out. It really is. It's a beautiful day. All the trees have got their leaves. Winter's over. You know, we should go outside, listen to the birds chirp. He, go, just see, see the wonder of God. Understand that God made this whole earth for you, for love of you for love of you and you really have nothing to worry about because when we give Jesus all of our needs we give Jesus just our life and we're not even concerned because whatever happens to us it's okay whatever comes in our life it's okay because we're not working on our own power we're just giving it to Jesus you know father Matt said his homily yesterday and it's so true the root of all sin is pride it's the basic Jesus I got this Jesus, I'm going to do this. You don't need to. 
where when we do that, well, you're working on your own power. And on our own power, we can do nothing. But through him, all things are possible. So when you just give it to Jesus, you give everything to Jesus, you say, Jesus, take care of everything. He intercedes with all his omnipotence. And in, his weak, in our weakness, his strength is displayed. In our poverty, his richness of faith, of love, of grace can be displayed, can be glorified. God is calling all of us. He's calling you. He's calling you and me and Father Tom day by day to go from this experience of becoming Saul to Paul because we all persecute Jesus in our own little ways, through our own little sins, through our own gossips, our scruples, you know. We know that we all fall short of the glory of God, but all we are called to do is invite that revelatory light, the Shekinah glory, the Holy Spirit into us, and we just invite him and we stand wide open and we just let God do all the work. God doesn't want you to do the work. That's how good he is. He just wants you to give it to him. He wants you to have the spirit of God, not the spirit of the world. He tells us, I'll send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the source of all truth. He will come to you from the Father and tell you about me. So Jesus, we we want to know you, so we love you, Holy Spirit, and we honor you. We honor you because we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So Holy Spirit, like in the world, reveal, reveal to us all the things that have been freely given to us by God, which is everything. God has given you everything. Verse 23. After some time had passed, the Jews plotted to kill Saul, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching at the gates day and night so that they might kill him. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. He can't be too tall if he's in a basket. Oh, yes. Immediately persecution came. They want to kill him for proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. They want to kill him. And you know what? I tell you, I can preach about anything. But when I stop preaching about Jesus, then I'm in trouble. Persecution comes. And you know, the Lord ex tells us to expect persecution. To expect it. We are in persecution now. I call it the popcorn stage. We're not being killed. We're not being put in prison. But there are people today that are being killed and put in prison in Africa. In, uh, in Africa, in Europe, in China. People are being held out for preaching Christ. The people in China especially, our Pope sold the real Christian people under the bus. Unfortunately, they were the people who hid underground, and the Pope sold them under the bus. 
That's wrong. These are our brothers and sisters who have died and who are in prison because of Jesus Christ. They are the true witnesses of the church. Do you know what I'm talking about today? Are you a true witness of the church? Are you witnessing to Jesus Christ? Has he become your Lord and Savior? Have you told others about him? Or are you just, well, you know, that was Paul's job. I tell you, you're Paul today. And if you don't do it, no one else will do it. Some people say, well, let the priests do it. They think, well, you know, I, we have to keep our homilies to six minutes. We don't want to lose the people. I'm going to say we've already lost the people. We need to be on fire with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray for the fire, Father. Father, pour out your spirit upon us. The fire of God. We need the fire of God to preach. We need to know and understand the fire of God in our hearts. St. Paul says, I am under conviction that I must preach the gospel, whether inconvenient or convenient, in season and out of season. Regina Chaley Laetare, Alleluia, Quiquem Meroisti Portare, Alleluia, Resurrexit Sitcundixit, Alleluia, Ora Pro Nobis Deum, Alleluia, Oh yes, Alleluia, He is risen from the dead, He is all-powerful, and He loves you, and He's got a purpose for your life. Start believing it in Jesus' name. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.